coming up this week off screen Dev Patel is a lion James McAvoy is split Xander Cage returns The Goodfellas are back and Ben Milner becomes iBoy all those to come and more off screen this is this is off screen off screen Latest film news and reviews. This is Offscreen, the on-screen radio show. Ooh, welcome to Offscreen. I'm Van Connor. And I am Case Allen. So, Mr. Allen, before we start with the box office top ten, with the film news, the film reviews, uh-huh. how about we start with, what have you got big in the film news for me this week? This is pretty big, and it's been spoken about for a while, but do you okay. know Sony, that big old company... That big old company, yeah, they, yep. they've got... They're, they're delving into a lot of animated stuff at the minute, aren't they? They're Smurfs? They are. Exactly. Um, but a big animated project they're doing is an untitled animated Spider-Man film. Oh, yes, it is untitled, yeah. isn't it? This is the one that's... Is it written by Phil Lord and Chris Miller, who did the Lego movie? Or are they producing it? it indeed. Um, I think they're still attached as producers, but have definitely written the script. I don't think we're going to be directing at this stage, this because intriguing. they are away playing with their Star Wars toys. They have a falcon to be playing with of the millennial variety. Um, But it has now been confirmed Mm -hmm. that the Spider-Man we will be seeing is going to be Miles Morales. So he's not Peter Parker. They're going with the other... Now, this is quite clever because this differentiates it from the Marvel... Cinematic Universe version, Absolutely. which is going to be... Uh, that's Peter Parker. Yeah. We've seen him in Civil War. Miles we've, Morales We've seen is... him many times. We've, we always see Peter Parker. Well, he's an interesting character, because I'm, I'm not really... I've not. Uh, I've known him from the cartoons. I've never read the comics that he's in. Yeah. And, I, um, I know that he is all... He's black Hispanic. Yeah, he's, he's uh, black Hispanic. Black Hispanic. Um, and he has all the powers of Spider-Man. Not, not his uncle, obviously, like hmm. Peter Parker. It's, it's like a stepdad or something... I need, to, I need to look more into his backstory. But... <laughs> we'll find out. Yeah. The thing I remember, though, he has Peter Parker's powers, but he also has the power of invisibility yeah. and a venom sting that paralyzes his enemies. So it kind of makes sense why he's got like a black and red suit. Yeah. Is this yeah. Christmas next really year? Cool. Is this Christmas 2018? Uh, it is. Uh, it's currently dated at uh, the 21st of December 2018. It's such a weird little project to be coming out. Isn't yeah. It? And it'll be around the time of a Star Wars film. Yes. Yeah, the Han Solo which, Star Wars film. Which will be the. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Christmas. Christmas. Yeah, so uh, I am on board for that, absolutely. I, I feel like that must have been part of a deal that Sony worked out with Marvel. <laughs> I think there had to yeah. be some sort of sign-off on it. But uh, Okay, so let's get the first half of the top ten out of the way for this week. Though. Number ten. Why him? <laughs> well, um, because he's very funny when he's paired with oh. Brian Cranston, seems to be the answer. Then that's fine. That, that's fine. That's all, right. that's all you need to know. I mean, it is. The brilliant uh, part of uh, Why Him is that the concept is so universal. I, I remember showing my uncle the trailer months back, and my uncle has two daughters, and he, he said, that's that's every dad's worst nightmare. That right there, yeah, that concept. Yeah, that's that guy. Every dad's. And, you know, I can see, yeah, it is, it is like a reverse meet the parents. It's the dad meeting the, the first boyfriend to be brought home. And you think, okay, yeah, I can see why this is so rife for comedic material mm. having Cranston as the straight man James Franco being just an exaggerated version of James Franco that works having Keegan Michael Keane make Megan Mullally and Zoe Deutsch in there brilliant really Love good it. supporting cast isn't really it? good supporting cast and then Adam Devine turns up Casey Wilson the guy whose name I can never remember it's pretty good fun <laughs> I recommend it I think you'll you'll have a good time with it number nine the bye bye man which was not press shown and apparently is rubbish so I can't help but think that might not yeah. be a coincidence mm. Number eight. 
Fantastical Beasticles. Fantastical Beasticles, I like that. Fantastical Beasticles. The weird thing is, I saw a film news article the other day that said <clears throat> oh, yeah. Zoe Kravitz excited about her expanded yes. role in Fantastic Beasticles. And, like, mm. and it took me a minute to remember, oh yeah, she's there as a still image for a second. Yeah, so an, ex- so. an expanded role. She'll be there for like <laughs> She'll be there for 30 seconds. Four movies. Four movies there, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So um, she's going to be playing uh, Lisa Lestrange. Oh, yeah, because that's uh, Eddie Redmayne's ex or something. They've, they've had a past. So there's something yeah. like that. Um, as a start for a new franchise, it's it's intriguing enough to work. Um, I think, as you've pointed out, taking it to America is the biggest... That's uh, what really that's refreshes the, the That's, what, that's yeah. what definitely stands it apart. Anything Absolutely. else for you that really sold it to you, aside from that? Uh, I mean, I was a bit baffled by Colin Farrell's hair. <laughs> it was that. Um, I keep wondering how many of these mm. movies we have to go through before they get Hugh Bonneville involved. Because a movie oh, can only got to be, be the next one. A it's movie can be. only be so British before you get Hugh Bonneville. Yeah, there's there's a very very short list of British people that have not yet been in a Harry Potter film. Number seven, Live by Night, which is a passion project without any passion, and I can't think of a nicer way to say it than that. It looks nice. It looks nice. Mm. Ben Affleck can't find a suit that fits, to be fair. (laughs) Any still image you find for this movie, any clip, I guarantee you he's wearing a badly fitting suit. Yeah, he's wearing like a really oversized cream suit in like every single promo image, isn't he? It's it's not a bad film, it's just strangely lifeless. It feels like it's the most... The most sort of... oh, It's it's come from a guy that gave us the town... And Argo and Gone Baby Gone, and yeah. that is such a great free for free. It is, yeah. and then you get to this, and you're like, "Okay, what? then, nice try, Ben. Um, perhaps next time, uh, find. I don't know if it's source material issue, but maybe, maybe it's his writing because he's written this. I don't know. It doesn't work for me. I, 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 I don't think anyone's going to come out of this film loving it. Just watch the Untouchables. Just watch the Untouchables. There you go. Number six, Manchester by the Sea, which I loved, which I, I loved. still haven't seen. Thank you very much to certain cinema chains. Yeah, that's the thing. It's not showing at... Is it View and Odeon aren't showing it this week? Uh, Odeon are showing it from this Friday, but they weren't showing it from day of release. Oh, and View okay. aren't showing it. Are we sure it's not just a staggered release? It's not like a, a rollout thing? No, no it's, it's unusual it, in the UK. It is supposed to be wide. Like, huh. everywhere. And um, I went on the Odeon's Twitter feed, and a lot of people were making their displeasure known. Ah, to good, to know, good to know, good to know. Yeah. Um, this is the thing, I, I really love this film. I mean, you're, you're, when you see it, I think you're going to be gushing about it next week. I can't wait. And This is one of those predictions, like when, when we predicted a, you and Arrival. I can, I, I'm that certain you will enjoy Manchester yeah. by the Sea. Um, I've, I've been a, fan, a big fan of, uh, of Casey Affleck. Yeah, and so long. Like, great. Uh, again, Kenneth, gone, maybe gone. Yeah, yeah. Kenneth Lonergan, great script, fantastic script. Yeah. Uh, great direction, wonderful script support from uh, Michelle Williams, from Kyle, Kyle Chandler, Chandler, and I think it's Lucas Hedges who plays it the is, nephew. Yeah, yeah. Um, really, really great film that will take you to tears, to hysterics, and back again. And I love that about it. And you don't quite know where it's going. Mm. It goes non-linear, but it does it with pathos. It does it with great meaning. It's not done for the sake of it or to be unnecessarily artsy. And I really, really <laughs> love that about it. It's a film I can't wait to see again. And uh, this is the problem with Oscar season because we, we kind of barrel through all the Oscar movies yeah. in the and race to March. It's March. Yeah. And then Logan is here. Exactly. We barrel through it to the end of February and then all of a sudden we get walloped by. We get a couple yeah. of weeks of, uh, of chuffer, as Bruce Willis used to call it. <laughs> yeah. You know another? 
When he was I filming, do. yeah, I when do. he was filming yeah. Cop Out, he would yeah. tear the pages out of the script and say chuffer, 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 because that's his word for rubbish. Mm. That's weird. I just opened up my Mac and I just saw a picture of Kevin Smith. <laughs> Weirder when you said Cop Out. Is that on the what? front page of IMDb? Basically? It is. There you go. It is. Well, um, we should plug the podcast real quick. Uh, Let us week. plug. Let us plug. Um, if you want the extended version of this show with all the extra film news, with all the extra reviews, with the moment of cage, yeah. with our witty general banter, with the point at which we put on now smoking jackets, added rambling. We, uh, we oh, yeah, but, but there's smoking, nice smoking jackets. jackets yeah. We sit by the hot tub. We uh, we share a scotch. There's a cigar each. It, it's our after dark edition. Can we not have a scotch each this time? No, no, maybe not. But I'm sitting uh, up, just having my own scotch. <laughs> we share, man. It's conservative. Um, so yeah, we've got the full extended version. You just download the free podcast edition. It's on iTunes. It's on Acast. It's on TuneIn of all places. It's on Deezer. It's just pick your podcast platform. Type in off screen. It's on there. Download it. You'll love it. I thought you were going to say pick your podcast poison, man. Ooh, that would be that was pick your podcast that, poison. That's like some good alliteration. That is, isn't yeah. it? That would be so good. Um, right. So, oh, do you know what? Not really a review, but I've got to talk about. Uh, Goodfellas. Yes. Because yes, this, you do. this is being reissued this week. Um, I think it's coming out of the BFI. And it's not just being reissued. It's been given a full 4K restoration. Yeah. And I got shown this. And, okay, so plot of Goodfellas, if there's three people <laughs> in the world that don't know, is the story of, of Henry Hill, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and he's played by Ray Liotta. And it's, it's, it's his life growing into the mafia, isn't it? Yeah. In, in kind of the, Charles uh, from being a, being a small boy and then yeah. meeting certain people and... Yeah. Meets you know Bobby De Niro and and yeah. Joe Pesci and basically Tommy Tommy DeVito yeah grows into through the seventies and eighties really it's, it is seventies and eighties and it stops it's about nineteen ninety stops on night night yeah, yeah. Um, and all based on a true story as well which is the part that we always forget about Goodfellas <laughs> it is yeah uh, the actual uh, Henry Hill passed away like only a few short years a couple ago. of years yeah, ago yeah. wasn't it yeah um, not too long back. But do you know what? I got to see this on the big screen again. And How I've, was that? I've, I've, I saw it once at like a cult classic screen. Yeah. I think Seeing I, I did, it actually. scrubbed up now, fully fully decked out on the yeah. BFI screen. Wow. Um, still looks great. Still yeah. the Scorsese masterpiece. Well, it's in the top five Scorsese masterpiece. I would easily put it in the top five. It's top five, for sure. Yeah. But, it's one of those, uh, like, put it in the top five, but then it'd be a fantastic double bill, this and Casino. Yes. In yeah. fact, I said that. When I went in, I actually asked them if I leave, any chance you're going to reissue Casino next? Because yeah. that would be really Well, good. isn't this part of, like, a Scorsese season? He has got a lot out yeah. of the moment. Uh, yeah. Taxi Driver, uh, they've done, like, a restoration uh, for... Wolf of Wall Street, I think, has got something out as well. Do you know, I saw that on Film 4. It has been on Film 4, yeah. It's been on there, like, a couple of times. I forget how good that film was. I always feel bad. Um, two, two points to this. I always feel bad uh, Wolf of Wall Street, yeah. uh, because I I want to watch it so often. I always want to watch Wolf of Wall Street. Uh, but the second thing is, having seen Goodfellas again so recently now, um, the comparison I made when I reviewed Wolf of Wall Street three, four years ago now, is it? I don't, I don't think it was that long ago. It was three years ago, at least. It was three years ago. Three years yeah. ago. Um, that Wolf of Wall Street really was Goodfellas for bankers. It really is. The plot yeah. really does follow Wolf of Wall Street. <laughs> it's the whole narration. It is. It's the yeah. narration parallel with uh, Jordan Belfort and, and Henry And Hill the breaking this, of the yeah. fourth wall. And Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Yeah. If you've never seen Goodfellas, Why? You, owe it What's to, wrong you, with you owe it to the art of cinema. If if the gangster film you go see this week is Live by, uh, is, is live by Night and not this, what's wrong so, with Something you? wrong. Something wrong, yeah. Go and see Goodfellas. Ignore Live by Night. That's rubbish. You can catch it on Netflix mm. in a couple of years. Go and see Goodfellas. See it on the big screen. Enjoy that wonderful nostalgic soundtrack, the Scorsese direction, that tracking shot. You know yes. the one. That track, a wonderful performances mm. by uh, De Niro. Remember when we got to say that De Niro put in a great performance? Like in uh, the film Dirty Grandpa? Yeah, exactly yeah. like that, yeah. <laughs> um, but 
great uh, performance from Joe Pesci, who at that yeah. point is won an Oscar. Uh, has my favorite ever Oscar acceptance speech. Really? Yeah. He I've just he's he is announced as the winner. Rocks up. Says thank you very much. This means a lot. And Gone. That's it. Nice. Yeah. It's like Jarvis Cocker accepting a Brit. He walked up and went. Duh. And left. Yeah, everything you need. <laughs> everything you need and more. Uh, but yeah, go and see Goodfellas. It is being reissued from this coming Friday. Do go and see it. It is so worth your time. With the latest film news and reviews, this is Off Screen, the on screen radio show. And we're back. And you know who else is back this week, Mr. Allen? Who is that? Xander Cage. Remember Xander Cage? I do. I do remember Xander Cage. It was a sort of forgettable movie about 15 years ago. 15, 14 years ago now. You should know. You um, have the XXX logo tattooed on your arm. I do. I really do. <laughs> um, funnily enough, um, <laughs> there is a plot point throughout XXX in which you do wonder why that tattoo is mysteriously not appearing in other places, and I will get to exactly why in a moment. Did he have it on his neck? It's on his... Yeah. It comes from Vin Diesel's neck. That's where the idea, the name XXX comes from. Right. Right. Um, okay, so here's the weird thing with this one. Before I get to the plot, I just want to point out that Vin Diesel was asked to make Triple X2. He was contracted to make Triple X2. There was a disagreement about the script. He got really annoyed about it. They didn't use the script he wanted. And this strangely bears an uncanny resemblance to the concept that Vin Diesel wanted. Coincidentally, the film is also produced by Vin Diesel, which the first two weren't. He's got a lot of clout now, hasn't he? So it seems that. He's got a lot of clout and absolutely no solo appeal, it seems. So, um, (laughs) right, it is now 13 years old. 13, 14. 14 years on from the first triple X. It is 11 years on from Ice Cube becoming the second triple X. I saw it for the first time a couple of days ago. Really? I mean, yeah. It's right. Not too bad, actually. The idea now is there is a new group of criminals who basically have all the abilities of triple X himself, but there's multiple ones of them. They have slightly more, slightly different specialities. Mm. They are Donnie Yen, Tony Jaa, and Depika Padacone. That's it. Yeah. Padacone? Padacone? Can't remember. Um, right. They have stolen an NSA uh, MacGuffin, which is a uh, like a, a foldable tablet that controls satellites, and they are using these satellites. As I'm sure that this was actually in a fast film. Get, I'm getting there. I'm getting there. They they're using these satellites as weapons, actually flying them kamikaze style into targets, including Samuel L. Jackson's Augustus Gibbons, the head of the Triple X program. Such a good name. Exactly, Gibbons. Augustus, <laughs> Augustus Gibbons. Gibbons. Right. Um, with Gibbons out of the way, um, the head, I think she's the head of the NSA, who's played by Tony Collette, um, she tracks down Xander Cage, who, wouldn't you believe, isn't dead like we were told at the beginning of Triple X 2. What um, a shocker. Exactly. We were told at the end of the beginning of Triple X 2, and we were also told separately in that DVD bonus short film, The Death of Xander Cage, which was on the special edition DVD of the first Triple X, the Extreme Edition. So they have two ways that Xander Cage has died, but actually neither of them are real, and it turns out the only reason we had to have Triple X 2 with Ice Cube is because Xander Cage wanted the morning off. That is basically it. So... You're already on shaky ground when this film begins. Xander Cage is brought out of retirement. He's asked to avenge his friend and uh, track down these three would-be hoodlums. There's slightly more to it than meets the eye. He insists on working with his own team, despite the fact that both the previous Triple X missions were solo ones. And so he recruits Ruby Rose, Nina Dobrev, um, the Hound from Game of Thrones? Yeah, I've just seen that on IMDb. Amazing. Weird thing. And Roy McGann. Yeah, and some other weird guy you can't remember whose ability seems to be DJ. 
DJing. Because you always need a DJ. Yeah, exactly. DJ. Literally, his talent is listed as um, as a good good guy to be around. That would be my superpower. Th- that really Pl- is. Playing music in, in kitchens and parties. Should we have me. a clip of Xander Cage meeting Nina Dobrev's uh, techie character? Yeah, let's Here do it. Go. Let's do it. Xander Cage. This is crazy. I was at Coachella and Guns N' Roses got back together, but this is way cooler. Breathe. Take your time. I know mouth-to-mouth if necessary. (laughs) Wow. Clearage worked closely with Gibbons. She'll handle support for the operation. And I bet a guy like you needs a lot of support. What are you, like 220, 230? Be honest, 250 is like the hard max for my swing. Oh, come on. I'm kidding. It's not like I have a safe word or anything. It's kumquat. So, Vin Diesel there with Tony yeah. Collette, with Nina Dobrev. You've been looking up images of Nina Dobrev in Triple X Returns under Cage. Which just, is just because I'd never seen her. Yeah, she's the chick before. from the Vampire Diaries and Let's Be Cops. She was the love interest in Let's have, Be Cops. Yes, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, here's the funny thing. Um, <laughs> it is more of the same. By default, it is the best of the trilogy thus far. By default. Because, let's be really honest about the Triple X series... There's a pretty low bar going on. They are, in every case, and I'm including this one, great concepts that then somehow go off the rails. They never quite manage to hit the mark. And yeah, I say somehow, the, the realistic problem with the Triple X series, and you may agree with this, is they they have a distinct personality. They have a subculture that they want to tap into. In the first case, it was new metal and extreme sports. Yep. In the second case, it was hip hop and, and, and urban culture. So what about this one? There is no personality. Hmm. But in every case, it seems to miss the mark by it wants to be alternative, it wants to be edgy, it wants to be extreme, which is a word that strangely keeps appearing. And yet, it refuses to give us anything other than the watered-down PG-13 content that it really has to pander to. Yeah, it was initially kind of billed as, like, Bond for... Yeah. This one for, for really, that kind of generation. Yeah, it it yeah. really, really wants to be Mission Impossible on Monster Energy Drink. Oh that, yeah, that's totally. Yeah. It wants to be. In reality, it really does play like a Bond movie by way of Too Fast, Too Furious. <laughs> Notice, note, note there that I did say the specifically say the worst yeah, of that series. Yeah. And yeah, because um, you said like Fast Five. <laughs> fast five. I'm, I'm no, buying a ticket yeah. tomorrow. <laughs> Put it this way: th- this film genuinely is so mediocre at yeah. times that you genuinely pray the Rock turns <laughs> up in the next one as the added value element he is franchise biographer he is franchise biographer this franchise really sorely is a bit limp although i will give it some props on what i've just seen on imdb because pacific rim that has been one of my favorite films when it comes to names of characters go on what have you got I mean, you, you've seen this film. There is some absolutely great, a tremendous. Please give me some great names. I'll, I'll be honest, the, the film is so forgettable. You okay. will not remember half of them. Ruby Rose plays Adele Wolf with two Fs. Yes, she does. There's yes. a character called Serena Unger. Yep, there is. Uh, Tennyson Torch. <laughs> what? That's yeah. incredible. Uh, Augustus Gibbons, obviously. Augustus Gibbons, yeah. yeah. There's, uh, there's some great ones here. Uh, Tony Jar plays a guy called Talon. Right, here's the weird thing. So I, I, want to, I want to talk specifically about Dunny, because Vin Diesel is mugging it up to the to like a, a Roger Moore-like degree at times in here. That's a shame. What about Donnie Yen? That's what I'm going with, yeah. yeah. Donnie Yen, though. Donnie Yen is kind of like riding a really good wave. He really is. Now, isn't he? Given ten times the screen time that he had in Rogue One, makes about 10% of the impact. Mm. However, 
He's still the best thing in the film. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have anywhere near the frenzy chops that the first one did. However, it is more competently directed than the second. Uh, the music at times is, which is by Brian Tyler, who did a few of yeah. the, the Avengers Some movies, um, is really overpowering and, and ridiculous. The plot is nonsensical to the point that it trips itself up. At one point, they introduce a twist about halfway through this movie. They they repurpose the actual the the the, the, the MacGuffin concept to the to the degree that actually makes it null. Void, and you kind of sit there and think, "Hang on a minute, that means the first half of this movie was for nothing, and yet you still wanted the same thing." And okay, never mind. Mm. It is ludicrous. You can predict every beat in there. If you've seen the trailer, you've seen the third act. Um, there's a cameo in there that spoil they they spoil long in advance, and by literally putting a character's name up on the screen for you to see. Um, weirdly, Agent Shavers is missing from this. I can't figure that one out because he's in both of the first two. He was like the Q character. They've replaced him with Nina Dobrev and never explained why. Is he the guy but he's kind of like a buddy cop? Yeah, yeah, that yeah. Guy, yeah. Um, he he actually died. Did he die? Yeah, I found I found that out like when I was watching. Oh my god, Save I had Union. no idea. Yeah, he died two thousand and nine. Uh, Whoa! Yeah, took oh. his own, took his own life as well. Okay, that is that's dark. Yeah, okay, sorry. I, I, I apologise for berating the film for that. Then, mm. congratulations, Triple X Three. You are let off for that one. Um, wow. Okay, yeah. I didn't mean to bring the show down, but I'm just okay. Just you know this, what? This is life sometimes, man. Can we just can we just say that Triple X Three is it's the best of the series? It's a low bar to begin with. Donnie Yen's the best thing in it. Yeah. Please don't make any more of them. Give me some film news. Do you believe in magic? Apart from that. <laughs> Do you believe that white men can't jump? Um, well, I'm half and half. I can barely jump. So, possibly? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I am white, if you can not already tell from my voice. Yeah, you and if you've, if you've ever seen a picture of me, you'd be like, wow, he's white. <laughs> he's the whitest person I've ever seen. True. He is milk. Uh, you can't um, jump, though. What? You can't jump, though. I can jump a little bit. So, why are you asking? I'm asking because... There was once a film called White Man Can't Jump, mm-hmm. and because we're now in 2017 and nobody can think of any new ideas, we're <laughs> getting a remake. There are no new ideas <laughs> anymore. That's it. We're done. We're done with new ideas. We're done with new ideas. Yeah, we're we on the are... third Smurfs movie, so you know. <laughs> Which I'm going to get to in a minute. Yeah, uh, yeah we, we are getting a remake of uh, White Man Can't Jump. Isn't this... This is from Pretty the guy that makes that TV show Blackish. Yeah, have you ever watched Blackish? I never have. Isn't Lawrence Fishburne it's in it? pretty good. Yeah, I've, I've seen a couple of episodes. Yeah. Lawrence Fishburne Anthony Anderson, Anderson is, yeah. is the lead... He's he is the dad. Ah, right. I never because there were two. um, There were two shows about the same time came about the same time with completely African American casts that were both quite high profile. One was Blackish, which was the comedy one, and then there was uh, Empire, which is Nashville for rappers, as you call it. Oh, it is just it's just trash, just utter enjoyable trash. I am looking forward to starting Empire. um, Yeah, yeah, uh, White Man Can't Jump. Just in case you've never seen it, I know you. You have oh, yeah. some some time ago, it's Woody man. Exactly. Uh, the basic premise: uh, Woody Harrelson is an amazing uh, college uh, basketball player yeah. who basically goes around to like different basketball courts and is like hustling uh, black basketball stars <laughs> for like they money. Assume they, white they, men they, can't jump. Exactly. Yeah. And then he takes them on, and then obviously wins, gets all their money. Oh my god! How are they going to invert this for the twenty first century? It's going to be girls. It's going to be girls. girls. That's what it's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. White and girls then, can't jump. And then, and then there'll be a Twitter campaign. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Hashtag. Hashtag not, not my white girls. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, totally going to work. Um, 
so yeah, that's that's going to be Kenya Barris, I believe, is the name. Kenya Barris. Kenya Barris uh, is writing and producing it. Yeah, um, it's it's a good story. I always enjoyed that film when I was younger. Oh, so I'll be up. For I it. always liked they just had that post that said Wesley Woody. Woody. Done. Yes. Wesley. What, what's Woody, he on? Um, is it Money Train burning together? As They're well? in Money Train oh, as man. well. Which, uh, by the way, awesome Jennifer Lo- uh, Lopez nude scene in that one. But uh, I can't get. Yeah, there you go. Um, right. So let's talk real quickly about uh, Lion then. Yeah, I'm intrigued. By oh this. wow. Okay. I'm intrigued. Brace yourself because this one's a doozy. So this right. is based on um, Saru Brealy's, uh memoir. And Saru, it's a true story of Saru Brealy who um, grew up in India. Um, and he, uh, he's about five or six years old. He is separated from his, he's out with his bro- older brother one day. He is separated by him and winds up on a train, locked in a train and winds up sailing off along the railways for, I think it's the equivalent, it's, uh, 1600 kilometers he goes for two days on this train all he has to eat is a single apple and uh, he winds up in calcutta no one speaks the same language as him he speaks hindi they i forget what they speak um might be bengali and uh, anyway so he doesn't speak the language he's stranded he's he lives on the streets eventually he is put into a foster care facility and after a long time searching for his family, they give up effectively, and they put him up for adoption. Mm. He is then adopted by um, a, an Australian couple, actually Tan- Tanz- Tasmania or Tanzania, which one is it? I forget. Yeah, uh, um, uh, Tasmania. Tasmania, and they are played by David Wenham and uh, Nicole Kidman. David Wenham, David really Wenham, incredible. Yeah, yeah, David Wenham in full Aussie mode, which is awesome. It's always good to see, isn't it? And, is, uh, is he wearing an eye patch? I'll have to He's not, but he has got an Shame. awesome side parting. That's good. Because it's set in like the, the late 80s. It, it's oh, set right. in the 80s, and, with the childhood years. So, unlike what you're expecting from the trailer, where you know it, it looks like it's all set in his adult years and there's some flashbacks, no, the first half, it all takes place in chronological order. And what happens then is he grows up with his Australian adoptive parents. It flashes forward to show you that him then as an adult, he is then played by Dev Patel and he is going into hotel management and he basically puts his studies on hold to follow this obsession he has with finding what what happened to his family. Uh, We have a clip of him being confronted by his girlfriend about this, said girlfriend, in fact, being uh, Rooney Mara. So enjoy. You need to face reality. What do you mean, reality? Do you have any idea what it's like knowing my real brother and mother spend every day of their lives looking for me? Huh? How every day my real brother screams my name. Can you imagine the pain they must be in not knowing where I am? Huh? 25 years, Luce. 25! Why didn't you tell me that was happening for you? We swung about in our privileged lives. It makes me sick. I have to find out. They need to know I'm okay. Dev Patel there with an Australian accent, and he pulls it off as well. He does it well. He really does. Right, okay, he's amazing in this. He genuinely, genuinely owns this. He's so good in it. Um, same time, great supporting cast. Uh, Rooney Mara, David Wenham, and of course, Nicole Kidman. And uh, Nicole Kidman shows up in what is clearly, clearly going to be her best supporting actress nom for this year. Even though if you tote it all up, she probably has about six minutes of screen time. Yeah, she's doing a Judy Dench. She's doing a Judy yeah. Dench. It, it's doing about, a Dench. about six minutes of screen time. But you know what? She makes the most of it. David Wenham, as well, to be fair, makes the most of a really limited screen time. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's always one of his actors. Just fantastic to see. Exactly. Him, so 
solidly written, solidly directed, really, really, really well put together. Um, I like that it isn't your standard it's all in the adult years with flashbacks. I like that the story is allowed to unfold in its own way. Um, they do uh, they do pull that trick towards the end where they do get the real people in. You know, like over the credits, they, they show you the real people. Mm. Uh, there is one uh, moment... Peter Berg in it. I believe. Sorry? Uh, Peter Berging it is, ah, yes. is, is what I'm going to be calling it from now on. <laughs> I know what you mean, yes. Um, Pulling point of Berg. Peter Berg, yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> um, but unlike a Peter Berg movie, though, um, the bit over these credits will genuinely reduce it to tears on its own. I mean, mm. the movie does that thing that uh, the imitation game did, where it tries to have an agenda over the end credits, where it brings up the legend. Only this, at least, has some relevance, you know, to the story, rather yeah. than tacking on an agenda after the fact, like the imitation game did. Um, really, really amazing film. It will have you. It will move you. It will just chill you to tears. It is so solidly gripping. A lot of people took it very cynically in our screening, and a lot of people didn't. There was a dividing line. You are either going to get very cynical about it, or you are going to roll with it. I would advise roll with it. Just allow. Take just your time. Ride the emotional wave, and and just <laughs> let it wash over you, and you will feel better for it. With the latest film news and reviews, this is off screen. And we're back. Do you want something rare and unique now, Mr. Allen? Is it a steak? <laughs> Why would it be unique? Well, mind you, I suppose, you know... It depends on the animal is. Is it, is it a unicorn every, steak? Every cow is individual. It will be all, rare and unique. They're all unique. Right. How would you like a contemporary mm. set, completely more or less original British superhero film? I prefer a steak, but I'm fine with it. Would you like one that starred Maisie Williams? Yes. Yes, there you go. <laughs> okay. Because any actress, any actor from Game of Thrones, you think, okay, yeah, I'll watch oh, them. Yeah, I'll watch yeah. them. Yeah, why not? Right, so, Netflix's iBoy. Worst title for anything ever. It's up there mm. with Lone Survivor as one of the dumbest titles <laughs> yes. I've ever heard of for a movie. Uh, so, iBoy, uh. based on Kevin Brooks's novel. Uh, this is the story of a young teenage boy played by Bill Milner who one day it walks in on a, 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 a gang messing up his love interest's flat. Mm. Um, he then runs, tries to call the police on his smartphone, is shot in the head, and pieces of the smartphone wind up in his head. And wouldn't you know it, they give him the power of, effectively, electrokinetic abilities? I would, I would say technokinetic abilities? <laughs> All right, um, you know, how? But, um, well, do you know what? Doesn't particularly, science. Doesn't, science. doesn't particularly matter. They don't really push their luck with it, to be fair. And the concept does exist in other forms, because this is actually technically what the plot of Iron Man 3 should have been. If they'd followed their source material properly, this is what Extremis did to Tony Stark. Um... So, you just raised your eyebrows like, wow, really? Weird. Um, absolutely, that is totally what happened in the comics. Anyway, um, so, he then decides to become the vigilante eye boy. He does it in a very plausible way, you know, a scarf across the mouth, hood up, you know, goes around tormenting the gangs, trying to get them out, and they have a leader, and he's played by Rory Kinnear. Because why wouldn't he be? <laughs> by the way, eye boy's grandmother is Miranda Richardson. How, oh, de really? how depressing is it that Miranda Richardson is, is now old grand. enough to plausibly be someone's grandmother? I still think of her as Queenie. Mm. <laughs> but, uh, okay, so there's no clip for this one. Uh, there's only a single trailer. Um, right, performances. Ben Milner, who you might remember as young Magneto in X-Men First Class. Uh, terrific. Really liked him in this. Really downplays it. Um, when this was a concert trailer, it was... Uh, what's his name from uh, We're the Millers? You know the one? Eyebrows. What's his name? Eyebrows from Maze Runner and We're the Millers. Oh, um, why? Son of Rambo. Why is it gone out of my head? Oh, what do you know? 
<laughs> I've got a computer right in front of me. You've Why am I computer. stressed? Will Poulter. His name is Will Poulter. <laughs> we are. No, his name is Robert Paulson. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Will Poulter was was in the concept oh, trailer. Why can I not think of Will Poulter? I'm sorry, Will Poulter, if you ever listen to this. <laughs> you were great, Revenant. Yeah, sorry, Will. Sorry, man. You know we have we have high hopes for you in life and everything. We, we just forgot. I'm sorry, man. You won that. You won that BAFTA, but uh, Rising Star. Yeah, yeah. You won Rising Star BAFTA a few years ago. Well um, done. Yeah. So great performances from Ben Milne. Uh, ben Milne taking over for, for Will Poulter. Uh, actually, really good performance from uh, Maisie Williams as well. Really liked her in it. Um, that's it. It's stylish. It doesn't overplay its hand. It it works its concept quite plausibly. Quite um, one of those ways that you can't really talk your way out of it. You can the way you can normally with a superhero movie. There's a brilliant alibi in there. How that no one knows that he's Eye Boy, and it really works. It is a genuine, fully fledged superhero movie for the YouTube generation, and also for the British YouTube mm. generation, which is really, really something. I really enjoyed it. But, uh, Sounds pretty interesting. I'm going to check it out. This is going to be available on Netflix from Friday the tw- is it 27th next next Friday? It is, yeah. yeah. So Friday the 27th. So yeah. So yeah. Uh, yeah. So I'd, I would check it out. It is worth it. It's a tidy 90 minutes, basically 85 minutes with credits. Yeah. And uh, you know what? If if you're a Skins fan and you fancy a superhero movie, might be for you. This is it. Yeah. So. Is anybody still a Skins fan after all this time? Well, they keep they, they did that special a couple of years back, didn't they? And that yeah. seemed to be quite popular. Def so. Patel's doing well for himself. He is. Yeah. yeah. Should we finish the top ten? Then? Why not? Number five. Passengers, which it's it, it's sexy people in space being sexy, and, in space, yeah, doing some sexiness, and uh, yet they're sexy, yeah. and the film sexy, and uh, it knows it. it, it knows it, but it's not over, it's not up to much besides being sexy, being sexy. and vaguely entertaining, mm. and yeah, that's really it. Number four, Assassin's Creed. I, I got bored even saying that. Yeah, Child. yeah, you know what? Yeah. It's it's. Yeah. <laughs> bear in mind, this is a movie that takes place mostly in flashback, mm. so there are no consequences mm. to any of the to much of the plot i mean really like it's hard to get invested in <laughs> in a journey that you know is already over yeah i um, think even as someone who is not into the games and stuff and i'm not particularly into the games no. i am into michael fassbender though and jeremy That's irons right. and i'm i'm very much into marianne cotillard and however all of them all of them deserve better than this bilge <clears throat> number three what can i say I'm so happy this is finally doing so well in this country. <laughs> I am number as well. three, uh, Moana. Seven weeks? Yeah. Is it seven weeks now? Yeah, and, and it's still making some money over it's a making mil. some decent bank. It, it yeah. is, and you know what? Moana's good fun, and you know Dwayne Johnson, worthy addition to the Disney pantheon. And I like Moana herself as a as a Disney princess, and there's a diverse one as well because that's it could be coming. There's a really, really diverse rare. one, and she. You know, she don't need no man. She don't need no, she don't man. Need no man. She does need a chicken. <laughs> yeah. Well, ev- everyone needs a backwards chicken. Everyone they? needs a backwards chicken voiced by Alan Tudyk, and uh, yeah. by, who's also in the next one. But uh, and uh, it's a Tudyk, uh, Tudyk Tusum. It's a Tudyk Tusum. Yeah. Oh wow, his name, man. How does no. he? How does he? He must have picked on in school. Had Alan, to be. Alan, Alan Tudix. Yeah, he had to be. Had to be picked, picked on in school. But uh, that's getting bleeped in the edits. <laughs> right, uh, I did like Moana. I, I don't think it's one of the best Disney films, but I did like it very much. I mean, there's been 55 now. Man. It's been 55. <laughs> I don't think it's in the top 10 of the 55. <laughs> but, uh, you know, but that, that's only because I'm such a fan of Home on the Range. But uh, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm wearing a Chicken Little t-shirt yeah. right now. <laughs> Nobody's a fan of Home on the Range. Number two. Wagwan, a Star Wars story. Loved it. Yep. Loved it again. 
Then I went and saw it a third time. Did I you loved love it, it I loved it a third time as well. If you saw it a fourth, would you also love it? Well, the fourth would be with me, and I'd, I'd very much enjoy it. Oh. <laughs> I am one with the fourth. The fourth is with me. <laughs> and then the fifth time, the Revenge of the Fifth. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> uh, no, I love it. I think uh. so. it's so right. well put together. Yeah. Like, you, you wouldn't believe it. Despite all the rumours. Despite all the rumours. Yeah, it's so all well put together. It's and... so sharp. It's so, in, it's so concise. Yeah. It's just, it's really well paced as well. It is. And it, it, it is very much the shot in the arm that Star Wars, I think, needed to push it away from not everything has to be a story of Jedi's, Jedi's and Dark Jedi's. Yeah. It's nice occasionally you can have other things. Mm. 2015 was like, yes, we've got it back. And then 2016 was like, this oh, is what we this can do is with what it. we're doing now. Yep. We got it back. This is what we can do with it. And you know what? Totally on board with that. And of course, it's got K2SO and Donnie Yen. And yeah, every movie needs. Yeah, every movie needs K2SO. And Donnie, Donnie Yen. Yen. Number one. La La Land. Go on, give me the give me this one, Kate. Uh, I I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I also loved it. Um, yeah. Oh, it, come to, on. It to, was just a grand old song and dance, isn't it? Yeah. <sighs> What's not to love? I f- I feel like right at the opening, it mm-hmm. can be easy to feel cynical. Right. There are it. there are issues with it. To be fair. Yeah. No. I'm I'm just talking about one particular mm. bit, like one big. When it, it opens and it, and it says oh, something... Are you, are you and, about its opening musical number, or are you on about the yeah. specifically the, the, the credits, the kind of the, the, the placards at the yeah, end? Yeah, specifically opening. the opening placards, where right. it just seems like it's just it's playing on nostalgia. And Funnily enough, I have to talk about one of those. Go for it. Right, okay, Go so it, it does open with... It opens with a couple of old-school cinema it says, uh, placards. Uh, presented in Cinemascope. Right, that's the... Yeah. And it is actually in Cinemascope. That's the really interesting part. Now, the weird part about that as well is... Um, and I'm not sure if it's a dimensional thing, but apparently Ryan Gosling's unquestionable physical beauty is such he's a fine specimen of he's a, man. a fine specimen of a man I mean let's be if, if the human race is ever dying and we need to send you know, DNA specimens into space to preserve the human race mm. let's let's start with Gosling him and, him and Chris Hemsworth yeah, yeah we I'll get those we, we stick the the DNA in a jar and fling it in space and off we go yeah um, right so he can look good even when his face is compressed into cinemascope Emma Stone noticeably less so there are I don't points- think I picked up on that. Right. I, we, we will go through. I'll see if I can find the clip online. Or like there is a, a one very specific moment in which Emma Stone's face is contorted by Cinemascope. And you're just looking at it thinking, what's, what's wrong with the screen? And then Weird. you realise what it is. It's the Cinemascope. And it's very, very strange. I did... You know, that aside... Yeah, you know, squash, squash Faces aside for a second. Squash Faces aside, which is unusual in a Hollywood film. Yeah. Great name for a band, by the way. Squash Faces. <laughs> <laughs> Just remember very, that. <laughs> very true. Yeah. Um, yeah, but other than that, I'd say I, I did oh. really enjoy it. I liked that it's a musical that isn't mm. all music all the time. You know? I mean... Is there th- about six songs, you'd say? There are eight songs. There are eight. There are musicals that have music all the way through that I absolutely love. Mm. There are musicals that have music partway through that I love. This falls into, into that latter camp. Songs are great. Performances are great. Cinematography is stunning. Oh, yeah, I'll go yeah, with that. Yeah, some really inventive shots. Who actually was the cinematographer on this one? Do you know, I'm not sure, and I'm going to look it up, but yeah, my final word on it, it was worth all the hype. You know what? Good enough for me. With the latest film news and reviews, this is Offscreen, the on-screen radio show. And we're back and dancing. So, before we... Let's do the final review of the week, then, which is okay. s- for Split, and then you can take us to the bridge with uh, some film news. And... <laughs> take us to the Matthews Bridge. Exactly. So, uh, Split, which brings mm. back legendary, iconic, millennial filmmaker... <laughs> 
Mr. Night Shyamalan, who uh, <laughs> <laughs> repopularised the twist back in 1999. Now, would you believe he did? Uh, yeah. What what twist was that? It was a Sixth Sense, and it was. I didn't realise um, it was a twist from Sixth Sense. It, it was, yeah. Uh, it was uh, Bruce Willis was a tax attorney all. Al- oh no, he was dad all along. No, Bruce Willis was dad all along. Did not see that coming. <laughs> yeah, no, I didn't see it coming. No, no, he was dad, and uh, it was it was kind of weird because the kid kept saying, "I see dad people," and but he came from a single parent family, and I feel like <laughs> that was the twist. I see dad people, and you're yeah. like, "Well, it's not really surprising." You got issues, but anyway, so neither here nor there. And and then there was Unbreakable, in uh, in which uh, you know that was that was that was about Unbreakable yeah. people, and then there was Science. Where aliens who are allergic to water come to a planet that is... Two-thirds water. Two-thirds water. Yeah, and then there was uh, the village. Uh, this is kind of where it's... Like, science, yeah. I, I do yeah. like. I do like science. Great. And then and it then starts to go down. And then there's the village when down. there's... Not really a village, but a preserve. And then there's the lady in the water, water in which there's a lady and some water. And then the happening where the villain is wind. <laughs> <laughs> and Marky Mark says this. What? No, <laughs> which is just the best. Marky Mark explained his role in The Happening as, they wanted me to play a teacher. How often am I going to get to do that in my career? Yeah. Believable. I need to be a teacher. I need to be an inventor. <laughs> it's, my, it's my acting bucket list. And it did give us the great line of dialogue. I'm an inventor. My name's Kate Yeager. <laughs> and, okay, so anyway, back to Split, in which three teenage girls are abducted from a shopping mall by a mysterious assailant who happens to look an awful lot like a slightly shaven-headed uh, James McAvoy. They so, are Professor in- X. Exactly. They are incarcerated in, uh, in a, a, a weird, like, basement room, it seems to be. And uh, one of them is sort of a... One of the three girls is sort of a social pariah, and she's played by uh, Anya Taylor Joy from The Witch. Oh, right. Whom you wouldn't recognise because she looks entirely different with a different hair colour. She was blonde in The Witch and she's got like raven hair and this. And you can't tell, it takes you a while, but is that the. It is! You can't recognise it. Um, Right. It very quickly emerges, though, that their kidnapper is not simply a regular maniac. He's kind of a a next-level maniac. He also has a split personality. To be more specific, he has 23 of them. And Whoa. yeah, there are, tw- there are 23 and James McAvoy will play as many for you as he can <laughs> and uh, the, the whole issue seems to come to, a, come to a, a head as a 24th personality begins to emerge and this 24th personality may be stronger than any of the ones that preceded it and of course the three girls in the middle kind of find themselves in a fight for their lives against something they cannot possibly be prepared for now we have a clip of exactly what happens when you meet one of McAvoy's more feminine personas we're here help us we're in here what is this how many are there no 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 don't go in there don't go in there don't worry I'll talk to him listens to me. (sighs) He's not well. He knows what you're here for. He's not allowed to touch you. He knows that. Mm -mm. Mm -hmm. So James McAvoy there as Patricia, one of his many personalities. And the weird thing is, so it is McAvoy in in full drag, but Mm. without the wig. 
So he is still stood there with a shaven head. Uh, shaven I've, head. I've he, seen that picture. Yeah, I've and he's that. got the physicality perfect. And this is this is the thing about his performance. His performance is exemplary. And I mean genuinely brilliant. Mm. Anya Taylor-Joy, same thing. But, of course, she's not got the fun to work with that James McAvoy has. McAvoy has so many. I mean, one character called Hedwig, who's a nine-year-old boy with a lisp. And oh, this is great. Yeah, he has like, imagine, so much to do. Yeah, yeah. You can imagine how much fun he has. You know, it was this. actually going to be James McAvoy originally. Who was it originally? I did know this. Who was it? Uh, it was going to be Joaquin Phoenix. That that's crazy. Now, it makes sense given the, the director. Though. Now, having said that, this is the second collaboration between between M Night Shyamalan and uh, Blumhouse, uh, who have brought you. You did want to think last time around. We're going to bring the much needed bit of trash, bit of trashiness to the otherwise very stoic <laughs> sort of M Night Shyamalan material. And I'm not calling him M. M. Night. It's M. Night Shyamalan. M. That's, Night. That's, that's it. M. It's good Night. enough for the janitor. It's good enough for me. Anyway. Dr. Yan Itor. <laughs> exactly. If it's good enough for Dr. Yan Itor. Anyway, um, the film, sadly, though, isn't very good. Um, and it's not that it's badly directed. It's very well directed. No one's ever said that Shyamalan can't direct. He's always been a great director, but he's always been a very classical director. Mm. Here, he's trying to inject a little bit more of that Blumhouse oomph into it. And it does show, and it does work. And there's some genuinely creepy, hair-raising sequences involving McAvoy in pursuit through this. And, yeah, really genuinely creepy. Atmospheric does work. Problem is, it's not terribly well-written. It's not terribly terribly interesting. Has he written it as well? He has as well, yeah. And you do come away from it thinking, really... The performances are the best thing in there. So she, I, I really, really like the premise to it. It's a great premise. Yeah. Now, it's like, how has it not been done before? Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now, I have to address one thing about it, and I have to do it in a very specific way. I can't spoil the film. I'm assuming it was a twist. Because it's night. Uh, no, it's, it's quite a straightforward story in one sense. I mean, this isn't. It's like the visit in the way that Shyamalan's not trying to be clever, not, not like he used to be. I think he's accepted that those days are behind him, and it was a one-trick thing to keep doing. So this isn't. This is like the visit where it's a lot more straightforward. There is a sting in the tail, though, and it does come at the very, very, very end. <laughs> not after the credits, but at the very end of the film, and it's it's not even plot relevant or it's not really relevant to the film but it's something and it's if if you heard it if you read it on a forum if you read an article about it online you would think it was made up you wouldn't quite believe it's there because it would sound too ludicrous just those 30 seconds are gonna make or break this film for you i think Mm. and I came away from it thinking those final 30 seconds are a little bit condescending, they're a little bit wacky and tonally weird, and at the same time, the only thing I really took away from this was James McAvoy's great as 24 different people, and Anya Taylor-Joy is still a delight as she was in The Witch. So, yeah, make of that what you will. Give me some film news to take us to the end, then. Give me a little bit of film news. Okay, let's end Let's end on some rumour. Some rumour? Some rumour. Okay, so... Hugh Jackman this week. He posted, huge action. Huge action. <laughs> huge Jackman. He, he is a huge, he, he is Jack a huge man. Jackman. Yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah, uh, in the week, he posted a picture of him. Yes. You know where I'm going with. I do know this, actually. Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds, who, of course, is Deadpool. Yeah. Yeah, so you've got Wolverine and Deadpool together. This is And then you also have James Bond. You have Peter. Roger Moore himself. 
He will never be my bond. <laughs> Hashtag not my bond. Um, <laughs> no, you have uh, Pierce Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan, who actually is my bond. Yeah, he, he, is. he is literally there. He's on my office wall. Form, He's actually on my office wall in the, in the Golden Eye poster, framed. Yep. Being in Fleming's James Bond. Exactly. Yeah. Um, <sighs> so the caption is uh, Wolvie, Bond, and Wade. Yeah. But they're all sort of pulling different poses, aren't they? They are, yes. So I believe that Hugh Jackman and... is like covering his eyes or his ears. No, Hugh, Hugh Jackman is covering his ears, mm-hmm. Pierce Brosnan is covering his mouth, yeah. and Ryan Reynolds is covering his eyes. So it's like, have you guys got a secret? Are I you think, not telling us something? I think so. And of course, what we're all waiting for, we're all waiting to hear who's going to be playing Cable. In Deadpool in 2, Deadpool yeah. Too. And you know what? I would be happy with Pierce Brosnan. I'd be really happy. It's, it's it, so it out of nowhere, sense. isn't it? Yeah, I feel like it's one of us casting decisions but it's like it's unexpected but if it's true yes and also for pierce brosnan this could be that liam neeson could... in taken moment exactly that oh wow he can do which other is things. interesting because liam neeson and mel gibson those kind of names have been banded around as like your, mm-hmm. your obvious choices no one considered brosnan nobody considered brosnan yeah, yeah. like i, I would have been happy with carl chandler i would have yeah, been really happy with carl chandler don't you ever count remington steel out man don't you no. ever count remington well. steel Prove me wrong, but I I would be really really happy if that came. I would, I would, and you know I I think it is. I, I think that's it. I think we found cable. I think, I think so. We'll go there. So next week, we what have we got? We got what some we, interesting stuff. Uh, should we do film the, film of the week first? Um, I'm I'm going to give it to Lion. Yeah, uh, def, definitely. No, no Lion. surprises there. No surprise. It's so good. Um, next can I, week, can I give mine uh, to Goodfellas? Because oh, well, I've seen it. Well, Goodfellas <laughs> is like film of the century. <laughs> you know, film of the nineties. Like, yeah, it's like yeah. one of the best films of the yeah. last century. Goodfellas. So you know, make about what you will. Um, next week, though, interesting stuff. We've got Denial with Rachel Vice, Timothy Spall. That's the Holocaust Denial movie. Yep. Uh, David Irving. Not, not film about the big river in. No, Egypt. no, not not film about uh, yep. uh, river in. Denial. So we go from <laughs> this got this got pointed out to me. So a movie about a guy <laughs> who denies the Holocaust, and from there we go to a movie directed by Mel Gibson. And, <laughs> and yeah, I think it was amazing. I think it might have been Alan Frank who pointed that out. So there's going to be a certain um, theme for next week. Certain theme. So Hacksaw Ridge is next week. From there you go to Heroin Addicts with T2 Train Spotting, which I can't wait for. Yeah, please oh, be good. Please, please, little. Have you seen the? soundtrack list yeah did it blow your mind it did. did me as well uh sing is next week which is basically yeah. uh illumination animation do the x factor essentially yeah. uh garth jennings of all people yeah. has made that it's yeah. pretty interesting uh, we've got christine which is not to be confused with kate plays christine which we reviewed we last, year, last year yeah. um which is stars rebecca hall as i forget her surname the, the news reporter who blew her yeah. brains out uh we've got the white king which i know very little about i'm going to confess and camera person which is a documentary i've been yeah. wanting to see for a while so we've got all those to come and more next week off screen. In the meanwhile, this has been a Candy Store production, but on screen. I've been Van Con. I've been, as always, Case Allen. And we'll be back next week. Just show me the way to get out of here, and I'll be on my way. You've been listening to Off Screen. For more news and reviews, visit onscreenfilm.com. Okay, Podcast extras, then, Mr. Connor. I've got I've got something to say. Okay. Okay, okay go on. I've got a, I've got an opinion. You've got an opinion. Well, you know, it is that kind of program. You know, you're, you know, opinions are like arseholes. Everyone's got one. Exactly. And speaking of arseholes, Patrick Stewart is a piece of that, That's a bold statement. Is this anything yeah. to do with his his Brexit tweets? 
But, uh, no, it's to do with the Emoji Movie, where uh-huh. he will be playing. <laughs> he's he's the <laughs> emoji, isn't he? <laughs> he is the <laughs> emoji. We're really enjoying podcast sections, but we can. Yeah, we were going to put it in the regular <laughs> edition, but we couldn't find a way to say it and make it funny yeah, without using the word. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I'm not sure. I do love him. He will be, <laughs> he'll, but he'll be brilliant. He'll be good. <laughs> he will be good. He'll be the. He will be. He'll be the he will be the. But yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So the emoji movie just finally got something going for it. Because <laughs> you know? it's got TJ Miller. It's got TJ yeah, Miller. I mean, that was it. That was the only thing it had going for it, though. Was a it's TJ Miller. It's got Stephen Wright as well. It was a comedian I really really like. Seen Stephen Wright in years. Yeah, but like the, him voicing a cartoon. That, wow. How has that not been done? I don't like, know. That's a brilliant idea, Stephen isn't it? Wright. I used to love Stephen Wright's work, but uh, it's going to be like Marvin vs. Paranoid Android, isn't it? Just really <laughs> slow. And just, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's got to be like a sad face, surely. Yeah, I think he yeah, is. He's yeah, he's got, yeah. got to be. Yeah. But ah, uh, oh, well, you know, it's, it's going to be. You know, that's fine. At least a reason to watch it. It's like American Dad. Patrick Stewart's the best thing in American Dad, for instance. Yeah, um, he has been for a while. Like American Dad, it's it's never really dipped in quality for me. I've always liked. No, American Dad's always, always been it. brilliant. But, yeah, uh, but he's always been a highlight. For Steve me. Smith, Ricky Spanish. <laughs> <laughs> We're shooting Ricky's- guns and doing cocaine. <laughs> Ricky Spanish. <laughs> I just, I never thought I would live long enough to hear Patrick Stewart shout the words, We're shooting guns and doing cocaine. I think he really revels in doing I, I think he, he does. That does a great time. I think he does. Hey, uh, Julie Roberts is going to be a Smurf. Julie Roberts is going to be a Smurf? Yeah. I've not heard this, really. She's going to be a Smurf. Uh, okay. Uh, because, again, 2017, got to be a reboot, even if we just started a Smurfs film. Wait, 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 Yes. But I didn't know... I knew I knew it was kind of going to be all animated this time. But They're, they're uh, essentially using it as a reboot. Oh! Yeah. Oh, which is to have anything to do with the fact that the first two sucked balls? It's probably got something to do with that. They didn't particularly do well, as well. Well, you know, I'm, I'm sure, like most of these films, they made most of their money in China, because that's all that matters now. But yeah, she's going to be uh, playing a character called Smurf Willow. Smurf Willow. Smurf Willow. <laughs> oh, Smurf me. <laughs> Um, okay, for Smurf's so, sake. <laughs> for Smurf's sake. Enough of this smurfing Smurfsons. Um, right, so um, let's talk about... Uh, oh, the Amy... Uh, the uh, the Janis, bio- Joplin. Janis Joplin biopic, yeah. So weird. Were you looking at that as well? I, I, it's literally on my screen. I was just about <laughs> to say it. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, so yeah, this this was... Go- cause who was it you wanted to play Janis Joplin? Was Amy it? Adams. Was Amy Adams. Yeah. Okay. I was under the impression when you were saying that that it wasn't happening. Um, as far as I was aware, basically what happened, mm-hmm. uh, Michelle Williams was courted for another Janice. That was it, yeah. And it, it turns out that it wasn't the same one that Amy Adams was working on with Jean-Marc Vallée. Ah, okay. Um, but now Jean-Marc Vallée and Amy Adams are not working on that. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming it's because this competing one with Michelle Williams is in, in the pipeline. Yeah. But yeah, that, that one is essentially essentially dead, which is a shame, but I'm I'm okay with a Michelle Williams one. Hey, why not? I mean, the Michelle Williams Michelle Williams will do quite a good she, one. But... She can sing, she, yeah. Yeah, but having said that, the idea of having, uh, you know, Amy Adams do it, is that so good? Yeah, like, just on paper, that feels like the film that she gets her Oscar for. I, I have a weird thing, which, I mean, I'm not particularly a Janis Joplin fan. 
I'm, I'm really not. I mean, when we saw the documentary, uh, was little, little, girl little Girl Blue? Blue. Little Girl yeah. Blue. Now, I really liked that documentary, but I liked it as someone who isn't a Janis Joplin fan. So the idea of doing a Janis Joplin biopic only really appeals to me because of that documentary, because that documentary has shown you could make an interesting story out of it. Mm. But other than that, I'm not particularly bothered in... It's, it's not, not like... But it's, it's like the Freddie Mercury biopic. I want to see that because I'm, I'm a huge Freddie Mercury fan. I find his story fascinating. I find the man fascinating. Yeah. And uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure if he'd been real, we'd have been BFFs, man. We would have. <laughs> yeah. yeah, me, me and Freddie. You, 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 like you and Farouk. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, me and Farouk. We'd, we'd have been buds, man. We yeah. Buds. <laughs> but you're not, you're not rushing out to go see it to see Rami Malek. That's the thing. I'm yeah. not in that case. In this case, I think, you know, you might be going out to see, see Amy Adams. I don't know. But, she would definitely be bringing people in. I, I think she well, would. Yeah. Which is interesting. Sean Marvalley directing it as well. That's that's really interesting. Yeah. Who did uh, Wild, uh, Dallas Buyers Club, that's uh, it. Demolition? You remember that? Oh, I do. Yeah. I was a big. Fan. I was. I was more of a fan of Demolition than most people. It seemed. Loads of people really did not rate it. A lot of people really disliked it. Really I put it in it. my my short list for the top ten of the year. Yeah, I never got around to seeing it. Really, I really liked it. I thought it was a great Jake Gyllenhaal performance. And mm. was it Jake Gyllenhaal or Tobey Maguire? I always forget. <laughs> Why do people always get us too mixed up? <laughs> I don't know. It's hey, not, it's not like a Pullman Paxton kind of a. It's true. One of my deal. favorite movies of last year is getting a sequel. And I'm so that? happy about that. Goosebumps, baby. Goosebumps is getting a sequel. And when does it come out, son? It's 2018. What's the exact date now offhand? I did have I don't this. know. The last one came out in February, I remember. I, I did have this written down. Hang on. It is in It is in 2018. Uh, Jack Black is coming back for it. Good. He's confirmed. Yeah. Uh, Rob Letterman, the director, is coming back. Darren Lemke, who wrote the first movie, is coming back. So it's, like, it. it's the whole team? It's n- none of the younger cast are confirmed. Oh, interesting. So Dylan Minnette isn't confirmed. Oh, that's a He's your boy. He's my boy, He's man. He's your boy. Uh, Dylan Minnette's not confirmed. Odea Rush... Uh, the, the sort of like fifteen-year-old Mila Kunis, <laughs> best way to describe her. Uh, it's going to be January twenty-sixth next year. So you know that's, that's a similar kind of release date. Then I, guess. I feel like he's got actually that's kind of weird. Jack Black's going to kind of be going from Jumanji over to Goosebumps, yeah. which is weird, strange because yeah. Goosebumps felt like Jumanji. It really did. Yeah, but it was it was the Jumanji of horror. And, you know, I'm cool with that. Still awesome. The Jumanji of horror. The Jumanji of horror. Why not? That's good. Um, Ooh. Uh, what have you got? What have you, got have you heard this you legendary got? story? Yeah, yeah. Um, tell, tell us about it. You can, uh, Thomas Toll. Yes. Uh, he's he? uh, he stepped down. He has? Yeah. I'm shocked at this. So he's the founder and, un- until kind of the other day, <laughs> CEO of Legendary Entertainment. Now, yeah. most people won't care about Legendary Entertainment, but they should. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. You should. I'll tell you why. <laughs> because I've, I've got opinions. Damn it! <laughs> I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to go Lewis Black on this one. <laughs> uh, but uh, the, pop, the thing is, odds are one of your you know top ten favorite movies of the last decade was probably made by Legendary Entertainment. So you know any of the Dark Knight movies, yep. Three Hundred, Interstellar, forget, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know Pacific Rim. Uh, what else? I've had loads. Uh, of Godzilla, Godzilla, recently, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. Like, there's loads of these legendary entertainment. They're before, they're just, you just you don't realize how many films they've made. Tons. Yeah, they really built up a good filmography of late. They really yeah. did. Over like the last uh, fifteen years. Well, that's it. I think he was a banker before uh, Thomas Toll, hmm. but uh, I met him once years ago. Oh really? Yeah, um, yeah. because he basically Thomas Tull 
is kind of like Lorenzo de Bonaventura. He's he will never <laughs> so many producer, yeah. Yeah. He will never turn down producer a press event for a film he's produced. Right. So Godzilla, when I did the Godzilla junket a few years ago, Thomas Tull was there. Oh. And I think weirdly he didn't turn up for Interstellar though. Um Emma uh, Emma Scott who's uh, Emma Thomas. Yeah. Emma Thomas who's uh, Chris, Nolan's wife. Chris Nolan's wife. She was there instead I think. Mm. And uh, yeah. So Thomas Tull was there for Godzilla. I once saw Chris Nolan walking out of Tesco's. I remember in you London, telling me this, yeah. Uh, with a pint of milk. I was, I was on a bus at the time. I remember you telling like, me. And my observation was I always assumed he'd be more of a Waitrose guy. You would think, wouldn't you? You would think. Yeah. I imagine if Christopher Nolan was going to go and buy milk from a supermarket, he would uh, he would actually he would take an ornate, specially designed, ergonomic, ridiculously expensive glass <laughs> container and he would carry it with both hands down to just a nondescript, yeah. unmarked, glossy store. Hmm. Somewhere on Park Lane. And someone would just be like, yeah. hey, mate, why can't you just get a CGI bottle? <laughs> exactly. Right. No, no. Because like, practical is better. Practical is better. He'd go in, and from a luxuriant Japanese cow, they would specially, <laughs> they would specially produce just enough milk to fill his, his one of the cows. And not a drop more. Exactly. And then, once the cow had finished producing the milk, he would be taken away, and no one would ever see him again, so that no one attempted to do the same thing again. Yeah, the cow would go to one of the dream layers. <laughs> Or the weird bookcase where Matthew Connery was floating. And that is one of the two. And that is how you get a cup of tea when you ask Christopher Nolan to make it. He's always got his like his little coffee cup on set. Hasn't um, he? he did when we did the Interstellar junket. Yeah. He had one of those weirdly expensive. You know those nonsense cups that you buy that are like two hundred quid. Yeah. Ergonomical. Yeah. Cup. Yeah. He had one on his coffee, on the table in front burger. of him. And uh, I just I just remember thinking. Yeah, only Christopher Nolan would have one of those. Mm. I, uh, this is going a bit off topic. I have got my own uh, travel mug. Have you got your own travel mug? It is uh, from Starbucks. It is green and gold. It is sparkly. I receive much derision from it from my colleagues at work. I have a Batman one. I need a Batman one. Yeah, I have a Batman one, but I left it at my mum's house when I visited last. Ah. And uh, she acted really weird when over the phone she told me, Oh, you left your your mug behind. I went, Oh man, I left the back up. She's like, she's like, what, 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 what's a, what's a, oh, <laughs> oh, you're 32. <laughs> I'm 33, but thank you. <laughs> you don't look a day over 32. <laughs> Thanks, man. Thanks. Uh, so this is what a compliment is. This is, this is what that yeah. feels like. When compliments cry. Cool. Uh, Richard Armitage, have you heard about him? Oh, what film's he gotten now? He has got Ocean's 8. Ooh, yeah. This is really interesting. So actually, I've got double... Ocean's 8 news. Okay, so, go on. Ocean, Ocean 16, if you want. So, uh, uh, Richard Armitage and James Corden. Yes, and I heard uh, this. The carpool karaoke's of the Late Late Show. I don't know who Richard Armitage is going to be, but James Corden's going to be an insurance investigator that's chasing them? Yeah, he's sort of like hot on the heels. This sounds Which a, I, I like the sound of that. I like the idea that he's going to be like uh, the Rene Russo character in the Thomas Crown Affair. Yes. I hope there's just a scene where... Uh, Let's see. I hope there's a scene where uh, Rihanna does a sexy dance with him and does the whole Thomas Crown thing. Do you want to dance? Or do you want to dance? dance. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome, wouldn't it? Just uh, confirm Pierce Brosnan for cable already. <laughs> please do it. Please do it, do Fox. It. Come on. You know, we all sat through Independence Day resurgence. You owe us this. Yeah. Throw us a bone, man. <laughs> but yeah, Richard Armitage, I'm fine with that. Yeah, and yeah. any theory who he might be? Uh, I don't know his character from Vicar Dibley. Maybe there's a crossover. <laughs> well, I know Damien Lewis never gets any mention for this anymore. He's playing the Mark. He's he's, the, he's the big. He is yeah. the 
uh, and Andy Garcia, mm. for lack of a better, lack I, of a better term. I got a film we got to talk about. What's this? Right, it, right. News this week broke. Um, uh, there's a film coming out called Seventy Five Hundred. I've not heard of right. this. This is going to be an airline thriller set entirely in the cockpit, and it is yeah, going. Sounds already. I'm on board. Right, I, I'll give you the concept. Right, right. Um, hijackers take the plane. That's it. And there is one part, one co-pilot left in there has to, you know, save the day. He is played by Paul Denham. Yeah, yeah, I know that. Now look, there you go. There you go, baby. Oh, man. I know. I, how excited are you now? Very excited. Exactly. Oh, that's great. That's going to be awesome, isn't yeah. it? I think it's been made by a first-time director. Like it's a, a German co-production. and The only thing that would make it better is if... Uh, Daniels were directing it. <laughs> oh, but then also the plane that just would be Danny Radcliffe's corpse. <laughs> and, yeah. Very true, very true. And, uh, okay, let's see what else we got. What, what, have, what have you got for me? Oh, there's a story this week that's come out that, um, do you remember, do you remember Jeremiah Chechik? I feel he, like I should with a name that good. He's the guy that directed that god-awful 1998 Avengers adaptation. Not the Marvel Avengers one. The, the Ray Fiennes. Yeah, yeah. John Stephen John M. Peel one. Yeah. He directed that. He About th- um, three years earlier, though, he was going to direct Seven. Really? Yeah, he was in place to direct Seven. Now, Andrew Kevin Walker was still the writer back then. And uh, basically, <laughs> what happened was, the ending as we now know it of Seven, Right, was which always is, there. Which is incredible. Which, which is, that's one of the things you remember about our movies. One of the big things you remember is, what's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? Oh, God! Ah, oh, God! <laughs> <laughs> but... <laughs> uh, that is one of those films. So let's just, let's tie it in with mm, Night. Let's have Night, a Night yeah. kind of spoiler thing. It's one of those films. I love watching that with some of us never seen it. Oh, yeah, so good. And so just, good, like, isn't it? watching them, watching it. Oh, I, I love watching them watch it, because you, you can tell for about the first half, they have no idea what, why the hell they're supposed to be yeah. liking this. And it's even better if they don't know that Kevin Spacey's in it. It's very true. Although I, mean, you, I feel I mean, like we're just out of that. <laughs> You've got 20 years, people. You've got 20, 23, 22? 22. Oh, my God, yeah. 22 years. Oh, so. We're old. But, yeah. uh, okay, so, the ending. Detective. The ending was always there, right, in the original yes. Andrew Kevin Walker draft. Now, Jeremiah Chechik boards the project. He's going to direct it. He demands that ending get changed. Doesn't like it, wants a different ending. So he's Andrew a, Kevin Walker... He's a, he's a fool. He's a fool. The man directed The Avengers. 1998 Avengers, of course he's a fool. You know, I think he directed one of the Steven Seagal uh, millennial sort of reboot things that he was doing as well. Uh, you know, like Exit Wounds or something like that. Like one of those ones. Executive Decision. <laughs> no, that was, that was like 96. Is that really the one? That was like 96. That's the yeah. Kurt Russell one. Only movie, uh, at that point, was the only movie in which uh, Steven Seagal was killed. Yeah, he does die. Yeah. Yeah. Only movie he ever died in. Huh, that's interesting. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so um, yeah, so Andrew Kevin Walker obliges. He changes the ending for for Jeremiah Chechik. So you got seven. You got a great ending. Great ending gone. No, now you got a pedestrian ending. Jeremiah Chechik then decides, I ain't gonna direct seven. I'm done. So you know, the studio, New Line, they they start looking for another director. They happen upon that weird kid who did that alien movie no one liked. Mm. You know, fin- Finchy boy, Finchy boy, yeah, and <laughs> that was him. He was that. He, he still kind of was that back then, wasn't he? Seven is the film that made him. Yeah. Um, where does the game fall into this? Ninety-seven games after that. Games so, ninety-seven. Right, okay. Yeah, it's uh, seven. The game Panic Fight Room. Club. Yeah, then Panic, Panic Room. Room after Fight Club. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can't remember what's. After. I'll i get there eventually yeah. with it. But I'm a huge Fincher fan. I love oh. me some Fincher. Yeah. What's what's after? What's after Panic Room? I don't remember exactly. There's, there's something Room. between that and Benjamin Button. 
Uh, we'll get there. We'll get and there, it's man. It's going to be glaringly obvious. It's, it's one of those, we'll look it up later and we'll feel silly. Yeah. But, okay, <laughs> so this, they send a script out to David Fincher to see if they can get him to direct it. Yeah. They send him the wrong script. They accidentally sent him the first script. He reads oh, it. Oh, amazing. Reads it, loves it, loves, it's great. loves the ending. Set loves it because he loves how it all comes together. Mm. Goes back to the script, I will totally do this. And they're like, oh, yeah, listen, we kind of sent you the wrong script. They give him the Jeremiah Chechik script, says, yeah, I'm not interested. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll, see you later. I'll, I'll go. They're like, no, no, wait, wait, Dave, come back. Even though you're you know, available for pennies at this stage in your <laughs> early career, um, if you want to do it, do it. And he's like, cool, there you go. And then we got seven. And then David Fincher was born. David Fincher was born. And this all mm. comes this week courtesy of Andrew Kevin Walker, who's told us the full story. And so, he, of course, became good friends with yeah. Fincher, and they, they had, like, they've done a lot of things over the years So together. what was that retconned ending? I don't know. That's what I need to know now. I don't know. I feel like you've, you've fed me a bit of a sandwich, and now I need the whole, <laughs> the whole sandwich. There are so many stories about what might have been with Seven. Like yeah. It's kind of like having when Michael Stipe was going to do it. And, you know, yeah, he, he was going to be uh, the, the, the... He's going to be John Doe. He's going to be John Doe. And I, I may have just outed who John Doe is. Yes. So, Stranger Things. I'm a fan of Stranger Things. Did you That's hear about nice. those kids at the Emmys? At the Golden Globes, was it? Uh, yeah, I did. There, they went round and took selfies with literally everyone at the Golden Globes. Fair play. I don't know. I were 11 years old and at the Golden Globes. I know what I'd be doing. Did you see the Jimmy Fallon opening to it? No. Well, I've seen none of the Golden Globes. Okay, except, it, except for the part where uh, white actors kept referring to the winners of certain films as, as starring, as starring in hidden fences uh, or figures. <laughs> you know? Come on, Michael Keaton, you're, you're, yeah. you're still in people's good graces. Okay, Come if, on, any, don't ruin it. if anyone should know about a faux pas at an awards ceremony, it's Michael it's Keaton. Michael oh, no. Okay, it's not called hidden <laughs> fences, Mike. <laughs> Put your speech away and get it together. Do you know what it was? He was prepared for being being able to speak at an award ceremony. That's what it was. That's what it was. That's what it was. He's so used to being shut down from speaking at an award ceremony. So okay, it always yeah. be Batman to me. <laughs> <laughs> like the Billy Joel song. Yeah, it'll always be Batman to me. He'll always be the antagonist of that really great Andy Garcia movie, Desperate Measures, to me. <laughs> <laughs> There is He'll always epitomise white noise. <laughs> that's, that's let's see how many, how many obscure, yeah, obscure movies obscure there. Michael Keaton's. We forget as well, he's the overseer of Need for Speed as well. Uh, I've tried to forget that. <laughs> it was on TV recently. Oh, man. I watched like five minutes worst. I'm like, good lord, this sucks. Let's talk about some great Keaton. I'm going completely off topic. I'll get back to it. Yeah, what was the Stranger Things thing? I'll, I'll, I'll get back to it. Let's talk about Mark Keaton for a bit. Yeah, um, uh, Multiplicity. How good is that oh, film? I love that How movie. good is that film? Hi, Thief. Hi, Thief. I love it because the really gruff one gets named Rico, doesn't Rico, it? Yeah. So this is the movie in which Michael Keaton clones himself. <laughs> yeah. And I had a conversation with Mark Kermode yeah. about this months ago, and I can't remember why. And then this film has sort of been cloned and copied by many other films and many other shows. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's so good. Oh, yeah. Even, even Red Dwarf had a stab at the plot of multiplicity. This film is going to be remade at some point soon. Yeah, it's going to get remade as a Kevin Hart vehicle. And I would not be surprised. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be. I just, I, you know, I can actually see it being either a Kevin Hart vehicle or an Ice Cube vehicle. Yeah, it could be an Ice Cube. Actually, no. Ice Cube, I don't think, has the self-deprecation needed to do multiplicity. I'd like, like it to be a Charlie Day vehicle. Oh, man, that'd be good. That'd be really good. That'd be good. so good. 
Oh, yeah. Wow. Okay, yeah, I'm sold. I'm sold. Charlie yeah. Day in multiplicity. Yeah, I can see that. Anyway, <laughs> rewind, bring it back. We're talking about Stranger Things. I was yeah. talking about the kids at the Golden Globes. That's what we were talking about. Yeah. Basically, the Golden Globes, uh, the opening video to it mm-hmm. was just a riff on the opening of La La Land. Okay. Um, but it had loads of people who were like, nominated for Globes this year. So, Were yeah. they the ones getting out of the car instead? Yeah, so you okay. had like um, uh, Evan Rachel Wood from Westworld going out, get out of the car, and you had uh, mm-hmm. John Travolta from uh, the OJ American Crime Story thing. Okay. He was there as well. And then, do you know the bit in La La Land where like, the truck opens and there's guys with drums and yes, stuff? Yes, yes, I do. Yeah. The truck opens and it's the kids from Stranger Things. <laughs> the doors fling open, but there. Yeah. And then they do this weird kid rap thing. Okay. And do you know when you see like really bad kid acting? Uh, yeah, I've seen the visit. Yeah, yeah. It yeah. just it felt like that. It felt like yeah. what's what's the kid's name from the visit? I don't know. I just remember him as yes. oh, o- oxen, oxen. Oh yeah, oxenbold, oxenbold, Ed Oxenbold, Ed Oxenbold. Yes, that's it. From uh, no good, horrible, yes, bad day. Alexander of no good, terrible, horrible, no, no good, good very bad day, crappy day. Yeah, yeah. yeah him. Um, yeah. yeah, it just it felt like that, and I feel like I'm seeing two. I'm, I'm I'm seeing him too much. The kids from Stranger Things. Okay. I just I need to see season two and see them as the characters, not just these like is, these so hang on. Is this bit of film news? You're just sick of seeing the kids from Stranger Things. No, I was going to start talking about Matthew Modine okay, being in the sequel to say, if, if that works, then every week I'm going to introduce a piece of film news. So I've got some film news for your case. And I'll be like, um, Miles, right, Miles Teller can things. do one. Uh, I'm sick of seeing him. Uh, I think he's awful. I, I think he's he's just. I think he's sputum with 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 speech. I think he's. I basically, mean, first of all, word of the day, sputum. Yeah, That's great. I, I think he's basically. I think he's the acting equivalent of pond scum mm. that has somehow been allowed onto screens far too often. I know it. If you felt so strong about Miles this, this dead-eyed faux Vince Vaughn exterior, like he's the new generation stifler, because apparently it worked out so well the last time around, and uh, and yet we're. I will not abide to, uh, ill-gotten words about Sean William Scott, sir. (laughs) (laughs) I genuinely respect Sean William Scott more than Miles Teller, and I'm not even kidding now. (laughs) I genuinely respect Sean William Scott more. You've got a level of respect for Goon. Yeah, that's what it is. Do you know know what? what? I like Goon. Yeah, Goon's all right. Fair. I'm waiting for Goon 2 this year, you know. As am I. Yeah, Yeah, really. No UK release date, though. Not yet. None. Give it time. Give it time, we shall see. I'm sure we'll get it. I don't think Miles Teller's that bad... I'm so glad that he did not appear in La La Land. Because yes. it, it was supposed to be him and Emma Watson. It was, wasn't it? Yeah. And Cassie, my wife, she said, I kind of wish I was still in it because I've never seen them like sing and dance before. And my response to that was, it's probably a reason for that. It's like, I kind of wish that Miles Teller had starred in Buried and that it had a different <laughs> ending. Um, mainly, <laughs> and, and it was actually a documentary. Yeah, yeah, yeah kind of like that. But I just really dislike uh, Miles Teller. I know. I mean, I think all the listeners of the show. Yeah, I mean, sometimes I'm lonely at night, you know, I'm curled up in bed, and I just think about horrible <laughs> things happening to Miles Teller. You've got your Miles Teller voodoo doll. Yeah, 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 exactly. I just think about you know, horrible things happening to Miles Teller on screen, and, and you know, that, that, it makes me feel better. But, uh, what films has he died in? I don't think he's died in. <laughs> has he died in a film? <laughs> uh, I thought you would have, like, made a montage of him. No, I don't think he has died in a film. I can't remember. But I really wished he died in, in yeah. War Dogs. Not on purpose, but, I and I really wanted uh, J.K. Simmons to slap the piss out of him in uh, in Whiplash a little bit more than he did. I was going to say, because it is quite uh, vicious. Yeah, I know, but, you know, there's no slicey-slicey, like slicey, no stabby-stabby. Like stabby. <laughs> you know. No slicey-slicey, no likey-likey. I just really, really dislike Miles Teller. I find him just awful on screen. Anyway, going back to Matthew Modine. 
We, we have taken like a ten minute diversion for me to hate on Miles Teller. Why does Matthew Modine promote so much hate? I don't know. Come it's on. because he was in that movie Bye Bye Love. <laughs> he was in Bye Bye Love. You know what? That's where that's it is. Good point. Yeah. The, the McDonald's sponsored divorce movie. Yeah. Which... He's in the worst of the Dark Knight films. He is. Uh, well, actually, yeah, okay, fine. Hey, come that's, on. That's the worst. Yeah. But I mean, you don't get me wrong. Dark Knight is the most overrated, but still. I'm not saying it's bad. Just I the... didn't say that. Yeah, okay. That wasn't me. That was the internet, like, sharpening its, <laughs> sharpening its pitchforks. For you. you know what? Chris Honeysett got torn apart for, uh, for for ragging on Deadpool, so I'd imagine they'll kill oh, me. Oh, did he? He really did. Oh, <laughs> I don't think he knew. I don't think he knew how Twitter worked at the time. <laughs> and suddenly all of London stopped. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. I don't know. Matthew Modine is going to be in the sequel. To Sicario. To Cutthroat Island. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> to Sicario. Can you imagine if that got announced, got made... I want them. And it was, like, a huge success. Do you know what they should do? They, should, they should sort out the rights issues. Right, next Pirates... The Pirates of the Caribbean 6, right? Yeah. Matthew Modine and Gina Davis turn up oh as the God. characters from Cutthroat Island. And they just Shared do... Pirate Universe. Crossover Pirate Universe. Boom. There we are. Mic dropped. Hollywood one. There you go. I don't even know what else to say. <laughs> Where do you go from there? So Matthew Medine's going to be in Soldado, is there? Yes. Uh, so there's a few people that have been uh, attached to it so far. Mm-hmm. Um, Benicio Del Toro will return. Yes, yes uh, he will. Catherine, uh, Catherine Keener. Catherine, Catherine Keener, yeah, absolutely. Uh, and Josh Brolin. Is Josh Brolin Josh Brolin's back. Yeah, he's back. He's back as, is it Graves, the CIA agent? Yep. Yeah, he's back. Mm. Um, and Catherine Keene is going to be the boss, yep. and Matthew Modine is some government person. Some government guy. Uh, who is he? I feel like that's just that's who he plays. Now. Secretary of Defence. He's the Secretary ah, of Defence. That's it. See, I, I know things. So not, uh, not uh, William Hurt. He's not going to be Secretary <laughs> Not of William Hurt. Um, have you seen the, 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 the TV spot for X 3 that just spoils a massive cameo? I have not, but I feel like I can guess what it is, and I Probably. will guess off-air. Yeah, you guess off air. Oh, uh, Beauty and the Beast theme. Yeah, so we've heard Emma Watson sing. We have heard. But the what, actual theme what do you song. Think? Oh, has that been released? Have you not heard who's doing it? Have you not heard this? this? Is news. Is it, is can, it Ben Folds? Can I just show you an image? And I, I want to hear you die slowly inside. Wait a minute before I see it. Is yeah. it followed by Missy Elliott? <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Oh, right. like your hand scrolled along, and you saw jo- John Legend, and you, and, you looked. And you looked I was like, it's, "It's John Legend." Then you moved your hand further along, and you saw Ariana Grande, and you looked disappointed. Right, I'm, I'm going to let you in on something. Every time I see Ariana Grande, I'm never disappointed, except that she's not a cup of coffee, which is what she sounds like. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, can I have uh, one uh, one Ariana Grande, please? Yeah, I was saying, caramel Ariana. Grande. I feel like Ariana Grande is something I should order in Starbucks. Mm. But I'm always happy to see Ariana Grande. Yeah, I'm happy but, uh, with John Legend. Less so with Iogon. Well, they are going to do the things, and the theme song is actually going to be in the film this time as well. Okay, so, you know, so, so it's still going to be the Beauty of the Beast. Yeah, it's still theme, Beauty yeah. and the Beast, but you know, like the Celine Dion version isn't actually in the film. Is it Celine Dion and Peebo Bryson? I think something like that, yeah. Um, but that's not actually in the film, it's, it just it's exists played in the over world. the end credits, isn't it? It's played isn't over it? the end credits. I believe so. This one apparently will actually be in the film. So, yeah. But there are new songs that's been written. There are new songs. By Alan Menken. I mean, don't get me wrong. Beauty and the Beast sounds like it's going to be more of a musical than La La Land. So, Yeah, but Beauty and the Beast is a musical. Exactly. Like, there's no taking away from that. It is a musical. But Green Lantern Corps. Oh, yeah. We've not talked about this yet. Let's talk about it. (laughs) Okay. 
It's now been confirmed. Green let's, let's talk about the good things about it. Okay. It's going to have uh, John Stewart in it. Who's not who's, that John Stewart? N- not not the great late night. <clears throat> uh, not the great. Not a late night presenter, is he? Not the former Daily Show presenter. <laughs> yep. Um, no, it's going to have John Stewart, the uh, marine turned space cop, uh, noticeably also a black lead in a superhero movie for mm. a change as well. Him and Hal Jordan, who's of course the character Ryan Reynolds played in the last Green Lantern movie. Um, that's the good stuff. Let's talk about the bad stuff. David S. Goyer is writing it. Because it's DC. Because it's DC. Now, asking David S. Goyer to write your film is like hiring a cannibal to babysit. It's 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 just ill-advised. It's going to end badly, and no one's going to enjoy the results. That's, that's really the mm. best way to call it. <laughs> so Will Smith yeah. has not been 100% confirmed, but he is in talks to lead Dumbo. So being, yeah. Being doesn't, Tim Burton, doesn't it have someone someone in line for the villain as well? I did hear this. Is that for the villain? Yes. So also, there's another cast member. Yeah, it's a biggie. Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. But I did that's not know Dumbo. that's a villain. That's the, the villain of Dumbo, yeah. That'd be great. There is also a rumour that apparently, if, <clears throat> if Will Smith takes Dumbo, Bad Boys 3 gets dumped back again, possibly scrapped. So, yeah, cheers, Will. Do you know what? I absolutely believe he'll do because he's he's clearly shown oh, I'm he sure. doesn't give much of a toss about his existing franchises. Um, news I loved, by the way, Peter Dinklage. Again, all the news I was going to get to. You're ruining my news. <laughs> please take, please take. <clears throat> no, you, you, you can talk about it. I don't, Peter, I don't mind. That's fine. Peter Dinklage has entered talks for, uh, for, for the Avengers. Thing. Yay! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> awesome. Yeah, no, uh, really, really happy about that. Who do you think he is... Uh, there's so many rumours on this one. There's loads. Apparently, um, maybe Puck? Potentially Puck? I don't know. <clears throat> Apparently, it is going to be in Infinity War and the follow-up, though. So yeah. Peter Dinklage is going to join uh, for both films. I think The Watcher. You think? But if he's going to be The Watcher, that ruins one of my favourite MCU theories ever. That Stan Lee that is. Stan Lee is The Watcher. Yeah. Which I just, even though, even if that is not true, mm. yeah, I just, I want it to be true. I don't know, they keep adding cast members <clears throat> with ties to Thanos and... and yeah, um... So Karen Nebula. Yeah, Karen Gillan. Yeah. Nebula, yeah, she's joined. Nebula's confirmed. But, uh, but they seem to keep saying, oh, this person's been cast as, you know, uh, Thanos' uh, cloakroom attendant. And, you know, this is uh, Thanos' uh, cousin twice removed. This is Thanos' exactly. gardener. This is, this is This is Thanos' perspective guy. And <laughs> <laughs> his job is to stand in photos and make Thanos look tall. I love that the perspective guy wrote Empire. <laughs> yes, he also wrote Stanley Lee Strong. Daniels' The Butler and yeah, the Hunger yeah. Games series, yeah. Um, <laughs> so... <laughs> this is Thanos as a guy to kick him in the nuts and remind him where he came from. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> they keep casting random people to Thanos. And, uh, leave. But uh, oh, do you do you know about the Anna Kendrick thing? Yes. In fact, I've got two you- kind of things. Not two things about Anna Kendrick. But oh, okay. You'll see where I'm going. Shame I like Anna Kendrick. So Anna Kendrick mm-hmm. is going to be Santa. Yes, she's going to be Santa. This is also for Disney. Um, so, in sort of like a weird Fred Clausian sort of way, yeah, she's going to be the daughter of Santa Claus. Yeah, he is retiring. He wants to pass it with a mantle. The mantle goes to her. I, I read. I think that she has a brother Hilarity who has like serious. performance anxiety and can't do it, so she has to step in. Is that brother Fred Claus? <laughs> I hope. You know, what would be really funny if the brother is like Justin Timberlake. Oh, that, that, that was so yeah, weird. that would happen. Lewis Black is Santa. Just <laughs> <the> Tim- <laughs> you love Lewis Black today. I've always been a Lewis yeah. Black fan, but because he did that really great piece on Trump's inauguration on the Daily Show this week, which I still, if I'm 
after we wrap yeah, up. We'll, 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 we'll catch it, we'll catch it. But yeah, I'm, I'm a huge fan of Lewis. But have been, uh, the movie Accepted, I love him in Accepted. Yeah. Even good. though he is just playing Lewis Black. Lewis being Lewis Black. But, uh, he, is, he's, he is anger. Like, oh, he is anger. Yeah. But, Personified mean, to me now, yeah. That's so weird, because when he was on The Daily Show doing that inauguration bit, I was thinking to myself, he hasn't done anything for a while, Lewis Black. And I somehow forgot about Inside Out. Yeah. Yeah. He was so good. He was, wasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, sticking with the Santa Claus. Congratulations, thing. San Francisco. You ruined pizza. <laughs> so so good. Stick yeah, with uh, sticking with Santa Claus. This was announced a while ago, and I think like people were like, what? And then completely forgotten about it. Mm-hmm. There is another Santa project that yeah. was announced with Kevin Hart. Yes, I remember yeah. that. Yeah, we did. We, I'm sure we brought it up like a year ago, wasn't it? A long time ago. But nothing's really been mentioned about that. Not yeah. for a while, so... I know the Anna Kendrick one has the working title, <clears throat> Nicole. Nicole, yeah. But, uh, do you know, could be good. We don't know. I'd be fine with that. Yeah. That'd be cool. I like her. She's talented. She's a talented girl. Yeah. yeah. So what else? What was the other piece of news? Uh, we've got a few more pieces to take us out. Uh, so Lucasfilm have said that there's not going to be a CGI uh, general layer. Ah, okay, that's fair. No more CGI That's layer, fine, yeah. Which, completely fine with. Yes. Yeah. No, that's fine. Absolutely. What else have we got on the docket? Right. Another rumour. Mm-hmm. So, the villain to Wonder Woman has potentially been announced. I, do you know I've forgotten this? I, I did know it for about two minutes. That's my attention span with DCEU films. Yeah. I remember them for the <laughs> length of the article I'm reading, yeah. and then I forget, and I just feel disappointed Or in you just read the title, the and you're just like, nope. Yeah, I just read, I read, the, read the headline. Oh, DCEU film. No, I don't care. That's me out. <laughs> yeah, I'm out. Yeah, I'm out. I'm yeah. out, I'm out. Cool. Um, I'm that. <laughs> so, it's been announced that the villain is potentially Ares, yeah, who is yeah. the god of war. Mm. And he's like a classic, big-time Wonder, Wo- uh, Wonder Woman uh, bad guy. Yes, there is also a rumour this yeah. week that uh, be cool. apparently, according to someone at Warner Brothers, Wonder Woman is a mess. Yeah, well, uh, yeah. Which I absolutely I'm not- believe. <laughs> yeah, I do, which is a shame, because I... I was somewhat hopeful for well, it. Apparently, Justice League's a mess. Apparently, Wonder Woman's a mess. At what point are they going to just throw in the towel with this one? The point where they're just like, oh, hey there, Grant Gustin. You can be a, <laughs> be a flash on the big screen. I would love it if they start one of these. Like just, just give it to Christberg. You know what happens? You know what happens? Aquaman opens with. Uh, Aquaman wakes up, gets out of, out of his waterbed in the morning, hmm. and. Uh, <laughs> Gets out, of his wa- great. gets out of his waterbed and he, uh, <laughs> yeah, he, he he uses his loofah he doesn't need to get in the shower, he just stands there and uses his loofah and and then all of a sudden reality starts changing around him a portal opens, Grant Gustin comes out and says, whoops, I did it again and then leaves and all of a sudden uh, 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 Gabriel marked his Batman and, and yes. yeah, Gabriel marked just his- all of the goodwill is then restored yeah exactly um, and, and Stephen Amell is the Green Arrow and Wonder Woman's Kobe Smulders and, and yeah yeah. All I mean that's, that's never going to happen as long as Maria Hill is around no no but, it's true, it's true. but oh, that would have been a great casting as Wonder Woman yeah Wonder Woman yeah. Yeah. Canadian yeah. Wonder Woman <laughs> would have been funny, wouldn't it? <laughs> That'd be good. She would have been terrific. Are we ever going to get a Captain Canada film? No. Are we ever going to get a Captain Britain film? No, though well, there was a rumour, wasn't there, about a three, four months ago, ago yeah, yeah. that it was going to be a thing? There's rumour it was going to be a show. I think it would work as a show. It was going to be a show, and then there was a rumour that, what's his name, who I don't like, Jack something. Jack O'Connell, I would have been fine. Yeah, Jack O'Connell, that was it, yeah. yeah. The guy that was in, was it War, uh, War and Peace? It was in, mm-hmm. it was on BBC a while Forget. ago. Who was in War Forgot the dude's name. Good-looking chap. Forgotten his name. Tom Hardy. 
Well, he's your answer for all the good-looking chaps. Yeah, you say good-looking chap to me. I think Tom Hardy and I think no, Ryan Gosling. And... He's, uh, he was in Happy Valley. <laughs> you think I watch British shows? What am I talking about British shows? <laughs> I don't watch British... I don't even have an aerial in my house, man. <laughs> I'm not even kidding. There's literally no aerial fitted on my house. Not, I... not one Little Mermaid. No, I despise uh, British TV. But uh, no, you don't. Not not all British TV. Okay, um, I watched an episode of Spooks last week, which was about the last British series I genuinely enjoyed. Luther. Uh, oh, not Luther. Okay, I like right, Luther. Right, I didn't yeah. like the recent revival that much. Uh, Doctor Who can be good sometimes. That's about as much praise. Sherlock. The last two episodes were really good. I've not seen the the new series. Uh, the last two episodes were really good. The first one I thought was a bit poop. It was a bit Patrick. It's a bit... <laughs> <laughs> Which is our now. It's, a, it's our new euphemism. Yeah. It, it's a bit Pat Stew. Bit Pat Stew. It's a bit, bit Pat Stew. It's a bit Pat Stew. Mm, yeah. It's been on the Pat Stew side. <laughs> yeah. Is that it? We got any more film news then? I'm done. Well, there I'm we go. Out. On which note, here it is. Your moment of gauge. And right now, I'm working on about an hour and a half sleep over the past three days. And I'm still trying to remain courteous. I'm beginning to think that that's getting in the way of my being effective. <laughs>